for tuning in to the World XP Podcast. If you're enjoying the content, please drop us up, drop a like, and let us know your thoughts below in the comments. Also, please consider supporting our podcast via the link below. It really helps us out. Now, a word from our sponsors. Welcome, Mike, to the World XP Podcast. Um, Mike, you have founded or started or organized or whatever word you want to use, the World Cup pop-up shop up in Maryland. Um, and this one, probably similar to the MMA one for those listening, is kind of a similar sort of promotional type podcast. But Mike and I have had several conversations, and I will be at the at the event, so figured we would get a conversation out there for the people to, to let everybody know what's going on. So welcome. I appreciate your time. Yes, of course, and thanks. Uh, you were actually one of the first people to reach out when I when I put it up on Instagram. Uh, so it's nice to ha- get you involved, and I really appreciate coming on the podcast and talking about it. Yeah, for sure. So for those listening, Mike, give us some background on um, on what the uh, like a short summary of what the event is, and then we'll get into how you came up with the idea, and then we'll deep dive into what people should expect to see. Cool. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, so the event itself, it's Thanksgiving week. It's out at a facility called So Five out in Columbia, Maryland, and it's a really cool space. We got a uh, we got one field that's a five-a-side field, and then there's like a bar lounge area, and then this like upper deck area where we'll have some projection screens and stuff. Um, so it's week of Thanksgiving, all three uh, all three U.S. games. So the following Tuesday, we also are, are open, um, and it's really you know, to get kids and people interested in the World Cup. Myself, I became a soccer fan back in 2010, uh, South Africa World Cup. It was awesome. Made it out of the group stage with the last second goal uh, with Landon Donovan scoring against Algeria. And I fell in love with soccer at that moment. So the goal is to get kids interested in soccer. And what better way to do it with the World Cup? Uh, we haven't qualified for the World Cup in eight years, so I'm very excited to just watch the U.S. team play again. And yeah, that's that's kind of uh, that's kind of like the the overall view. I, I think Monday through Wednesday we've got um, it's really like younger kids focused because just because older kids will be in school. So we've got a free soccer clinic in the morning for five and under, and then we're doing a craft table, kind of get the kids busy, and then kind of just letting kids play on the the field space, and hopefully parents can watch the games. Um, then Black Friday, Eric's coming out. Uh, World XP is doing a clinic for for kids eight eight and over, so a little bit older is the focus. Um, really, the, the central point of that day is the U.S. England game. I think that yeah. I don't think you need a whole lot of other activities around it. Like that's the game everybody's looking forward to. It's Black Friday, huge day, so it's very exciting. And then over the weekend, we've got. Same thing, Eric's doing another clinic. We're running pickup games every single morning with uh, high school players, high-level players. We've got a video game lounge coming, uh, so we're doing FIFA tournament Saturday and Sunday. I'm playing all 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. games. And, yeah, I mean, I'm, it's been a lot of work to get to this point, but I'm, I'm pretty excited. We're, we're right on the doorstep of the event. Yeah, I'm excited as well to be there. Everything, everything from our conversations and just all the posts, the people that are going to be involved, it's going to be – I'm I'm very excited. It's going to be all soccer all day in one place. And like, what what else could you need? Um, yeah, I'm how- I'm curious to see how it comes out. Like, I have an idea that people might show up. And you know, when I had talked to you, you were one of the first people I talked to. So I didn't really know what it, what the event was going to be so much. I just I knew I wanted to do a World Cup event. Um, 
we can backtrack a little bit if you want, and I could talk yeah. about why the World Cup pop-up came around. Yeah, go um, for it, because it's a lot of – everyone wants to right, have people involved and, and watch the games together, but the, the the first option that would come to most people's minds is like, let me just have some people over to my house. And you, on the other hand, were like, no, let me rent out a space and spend oodles of time and money to, like, organize this whole thing for a week. How did, like... Yeah, I feel like a dumbass sometimes is the truth of it all, because (laughs) it's been a lot of work, and I don't know if people are going to show up or not. But the bottom line is, I'm 35 years old. Ever since I got out of college, I've always just taken, like, you know, white-collar job, nine to five, work for somebody else. And this whole time I've had this burning desire, like I've always wanted to do something by myself. I've always wanted to start a business of some sort. I didn't know what that would ever look like. Like for a while, I wanted to get into craft beer and start my own business in that. And then, you know, I worked for a craft brewery for a while and then it just kind of didn't work out. I I just kept with my day job. Mortgage payments came in. I got two kids. So I got to make, you know, got to make a living every single day. And then... Well, I'd say 2019, 2020, like pandemic rolled around and I'm just getting super antsy. Like I'm, I'm very restless at my day job, which I still have, by the way. And I might still be doing after the pop-up, but I kept growing into this idea. Like I want to open a soccer bar. Like I'm telling my wife, I'm looking at properties in Baltimore. Like this is a storefront. Like let's do it. Like I, I'm, I'm sick of all this hustle. But the the bottom line is like we didn't have a whole lot of capital to buy a storefront and and make a soccer bar. So my wife and I were just brainstorming. You know, I had originally wanted the soccer bar to open like at World Cup time to like announce it and then play Premier League games and Champions League games and you know MLS tonight and all that that good stuff. And um, it, it eventually distilled down to this World Cup idea because it's an event. You know, it, it keeps the cost down for starting it. And if it's successful, then maybe it com- becomes some sort of soccer business. But I'm trying not to get ahead of myself. Like, for now, it's just the event. I don't know if people are going to show up or not, and I appreciate that you're interested in it at least. Yeah, for sure. We'll try and get this out with some ample time so people can know what's going on because I think for if people have time, obviously Thanksgiving week is, is rough because people are traveling and stuff, but definitely if you guys have time, to go at least come out to one of the days like definitely do it because and bring and bring your friends tell people like it's going to be a fun time for sure like it there's no there's no it's just going to be like a giant super bowl party but for a week for the world cup it's like yeah what, yeah. what else could you want i mean that's what it comes down to like i've been stressing about the details making sure like every time slot's filled but in the end, if you get a good crowd with a good atmosphere and you're watching the U.S. men's national team, it's going to be a good time. And uh, I, I think what, what kind of like made me what, – what the idea was kind of born out of a little bit too is back in 2014, I was working in downtown D.C. and I got out of work a little bit early and they were playing all the games in Freedom Plaza and they had like a giant screen. Yeah, and Thousands of people were in there watching and cheering. I, I, I want to – tell you who I remember who they played at the time but I, it was one of the group stage games so it wasn't wasn't Belgium I'm forgetting who was in their group at that point Maybe uh, it was Ghana? Port- Portugal Ghana and the other one escapes me Ghana game and I feel like they tied but the Portugal game was the one that we tied because Ronaldo threw in across to Nanny with 95 95th minute we tied that one 
Uh, Ghana, we won 2-1. John Brooks header at the end. Oh, and yeah. the last group stage John game, Brooks. now it's going to bother me because I don't know, so I'm Googling it. Uh, 2014 yeah. USA. I should know Cup. this kind of stuff. Yeah, especially when you've been advertising all your World Cup stuff the whole time. <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, uh, Germany. Germany was the other one. We lost. Oh, one. right. Um, Thomas Muller scored the goal. I remember the goal, actually. He scored the goal as like a deflection curler into the far corner. But Tim we, didn't need, didn't, the, sh- uh, we didn't need any points out of that game, right? No, we did. We got lucky. We got through yeah. with four points. And then Belgium, we played a first round of the knockout rounds. And, you know, Wondolowski skied it but against just a fantastic belgium team who was mm-hmm. just starting to be on the up and up um i remember a young kdb on that squad and i'm Bombs. sure he's so good yeah speaking it's of hard. the wondolowski miss i um i had a podcast with a guy named chad busick who does like sports psychology and he's his brother is friends with wando and he told me he's like go back and look at that chance again and i went back and looked at it and i was he still should have scored 100 percent, but it's not as clear cut as everyone remembers it being agreed Um, agreed and he was telling me so shameless plug for that episode go listen to it but he was telling me about it afterward because there was oh there was somebody else that missed another tap in that wasn't wando it was just so it was what it was in stoppage time so yeah yeah it, it was but there was one before that i don't remember if it was beasley or somebody else missed another golden chance like five minutes before that that everyone forgot and it's just weird how people's memories go with like go with certain things like yeah i don't know you know yeah. i'm i'm sympathetic towards wandalowski because he played well in qualifying and you know anyone that that plays well in qualifying gets a chance to see the field in the world cup it's it's fine with me and like yeah that 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 ball it came up a little bit off the turf and yeah, you can, thing, it happens all the time. That, people sky goals. It happens. The, well, the thing that got me was I didn't realize how fast Courtois had come off his line. And Courtois is not a small person by any stretch of the imagination. When a dude that big is rushing at you, you catch him out the corner of your eye, and all it takes, especially like on a half volley, it takes just one one little thing to take you off. And it's like it's yeah. – yeah. But, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. I guess we Belgium's kind of coming at the end of their run here. I yeah. think the defense is a little old. I haven't seen the squad yet, but I think that Jan Vertonghen and uh, Toby Aldeverald are still in the picture, which isn't are a great they really? Thing for their chances. Don't quote me on that, but they have uh, well, been. Let's recently. go. Let's go. Uh, let's go look. I think so, Toby's playing in. Um, are they both playing in Belgium? No, Toby's playing in Qatar, and uh, Jan's playing in. He just moved to Belgium from Benfica. I think he's at um, Anderlecht. I want to say. Yeah, that sounds right. Let's see. All right, Belgium squad. Yeah, they're both there. They're both Munier. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not, a, um, that's not a good thing. Munier, Castagna, Boyata, Denier. I don't think they'll start though, because they've got Denier and Boyata and a few others that might that might get into the team, and then or Dendonker might play at center back as well. Yeah. Um, but from there forward. They're still there. I mean, they're still stacked. Yeah. I mean, I would argue that KDB is the best player in the world. Yeah, yeah, a solid argument for that. Yeah, you could definitely make that argument and not be, and have it come down to opinion rather than right facts. Um, That's what it all is. That's what it yeah, all is. Yeah, for sure. So, as this is a U.S. USA focused event, let's go on to the U.S. squad because 
I looked at it very briefly. Um, and yeah, you had mentioned up here. that you yeah. wanted to, to chat about it, and I had sure, seen I mean, based I, on I the was, headlines, uh... there's a couple surprises in there. Most notably, I'd say Zach Steffen is not on the roster. Yeah, that's the big one for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a head scratcher for everybody just because Zach Steffen played for Greg Berhalter in Ohio and then was part of every single qualifying game, not not part of every game, but on the roster for all the games, played a bunch of games, just seemed like Greg's guy, so it was very surprising to see him off. But that being said, he's had a, a, a bad run of form. I think in City he made some pretty obvious blunders. Yeah. Just very gross-looking goalkeeping errors. Yeah. And then uh, as of late, it seems like he's playing much better for, for Middlesbrough, but everybody knew that Matt Turner – Arsenal deputy was going to be the starter. So I'm, you know, and goalkeepers. And he's he's been is. playing well also. Yeah. Yeah. He's been playing well in the, uh, the Europa league game. So, and then I don't watch much Sean. I don't watch much MLS, but I know Sean Johnson is apparently very good. And, uh, Ethan I mean, Horvath. he's the, he's the stereotypical American goalkeeper, like right. Great, great shot stopper. Other qualities left to be desired, but he can pull out a Tim Howard performance every once in a while. <laughs> I was discussing with my – I do a podcast called Rooster and the Villains. It's soccer-focused, and we were saying this is the worst goalkeeping group we've ever brought to a World Cup in our lifetime just because yeah, I would Brad Friedel was around for so many years, then Tim Howard, Teller, Miola, and Guzan. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, Aston Villa, Guzan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although he never got a shot with, with Timmy between the between No, the of course not. Tim Howard was – did you see after um, after the Belgium game, somebody went on his Wikipedia page and changed his position to Secretary of Defense? I, I had heard that at one point. Yeah, that yeah. was funny. Yeah, he, okay. I just remember him standing on his head that game. Like, definitely the only reason that he, that Wondolowski had a chance to miss mm-hmm. to tie the game. Yeah, 100%. Um, defenders, I don't, I'm looking through very briefly. Have you looked at it already? I assume you have. Yeah, I've got it up here. Um, I think the one surprise... Tim Ream in was a surprise to me, mm-hmm. and Shaq Moore in as well. I know he moved to Nashville this year. Like I said, I don't watch a whole lot of MLS, so I didn't. He hadn't been in the picture all qualifying. He played some Gold Cup last summer, so he would have been. Who would have been the ones in and ahead of them? Uh, I don't so, see. Oh, Reg, Reggie Cannon, I guess, would have been one. Yeah, Reggie Cannon won it right back. And then um, Sam Vines, who's injured for Rangers, would yeah. be kind of in the picture for a little bit there. Um, Who would have been in for McKenzie? Maybe. Oh, McKenzie. I don't know. And I'm wondering. Chris Richards got hurt run? also. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, now, is, Chris because Chris Richards would have been Chris in. Chris Richards. But he, but yeah, he, yeah, got, right. he got that's injured. Right. Yeah, he's hurt. So. And then oh. you know John Brooks was talked about, but. Yeah, I don't know. I think our defense is, uh, like Belgium, probably our weakest point. I, I would think you're seeing Walker Zimmerman as a lock at center back, and then probably probably Carter Vickers as well. He's been playing really well, I think, from from what I've heard. Yeah, for Celtic, Obviously, he's been in the Champions League games against Real Madrid and and other, and they've been competitive. Well, except for the last one, really. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that probably be my preferred pair. But then I I'm hearing. Tim Ream and Anthony Robinson, since they play at the club level at Fulham together, might make some sense on the yeah. left side. 
but Tim Ream's old, you know, he's 35 and I've never been a huge, uh, Tim Ream stand. So yeah, I think, uh, in defense, I'm a little, I'm a little scared of our, of our defense, yeah. especially going against England. Joe Scally's a interesting one for me because I'm a Dortmund fan, so I watch a lot of the Bundesliga. And every time I watch him, he's been really good. And then I wonder why he doesn't get into the team. And obviously, Dest is talent wise, he's probably one of the best players on the roster. But I don't know. Like they're all so young. Like between Robinson, Scally, Dest, uh, if Richards and and uh, McKenzie were there, they're all so young that it's kind of like. What do you do with that? It's like, yeah, I don't yeah. really know. Like Let's Joe Scally, I think defensively is better than Dest, but Dest is better going forward. So I don't really know. I don't know what he'll do. I I assume he'll start. I assume my guess would be Dest at right back, Carter Vickers and Zimmerman, and then Robinson at left back. Or like Joe Scally can yeah. also play left back, so I don't know. But that would be my guess as to what he would do. But... Yeah, I, I I think that's I think that's pretty spot on. I'd be surprised if it wasn't that for lining up the first day. Yeah, because Aaron Long's been uh, he had uh, Achilles, I think, was his injury, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, he had an, um, a major Achilles injury and just has looked terrible in the red, white, and blue. Um, that's probably my least favorite defender that showed up on the roster. Yeah, well, that sucks because he's great in FIFA. So, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe I'm you know I'm I'm a Euro snob as they say so. Who really knows? Yeah, who knows? We are young. We're young across the board. Our midfield. I'm excited for 26. Yes, in the U.S. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping the pop up turns into is like some sort of scenario where maybe I could work for the 2026 World Cup. That would be sick, right? Get See, that's why in. I had I had I was like, this could turn into something if it goes well. Let me make sure I get in there first before, yeah, before yeah, he yeah. fills up with. Sorry, people. I kept you hanging for a little while too. Oh, no, it's all good. Quite, well, quite sure where to put you. I mean, that makes sense. I also would have done that if I was you, to be honest. So, all right, midfielders-wise, are we going are, are we going to end up going 4-3-3 probably? I would think so, yeah. yeah. And then we've got and an MMA in the middle. It's kind of the, the lock, Musa, McKenny Adams. Yeah, I'd say so, although they list Aronson as a midfielder. Which um, is interesting, yeah. 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 Not that it really matters, to be honest. They'll play where right. they're going to play. But, yeah, if Adams, Musa, and McKenny. I de- are definitely our best midfield midfielders, I think, and that's not even a discussion. Yeah, in terms of central midfielders, Acosta is decent because he doesn't play. I outside. like Acosta a lot. He doesn't play outside himself, which is the thing. Like he plays simple and he wins his tackles, and that's kind of what you need. And his his free kicks are better yes. than anybody on the team by far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that as well. Um. Because I think Pulisic, if if he's not on the field, Pulisic is taking our our free kicks. Which Reyna took a penalty for oh, us Reyna, last right. week. He can yeah. take them. Yeah, um, yeah. Reyna, he'll probably be the one taking. Yeah. So yeah. if we go with those three in midfield, and then up top, what sucks about the front three is like if we if you were to pick the best three players, who would your best three players be for the? Just if you if you had to pick our best three attackers, who would who would you pick? Our best three, regardless of position. Don't don't yeah. feel the need okay. to put it nine. Uh, Pulisic, Aronson, and Weya. Weya, yeah. So Weah. for me, it's those three or interchange Reina for one of the other two. But Reina too, yeah. I feel so, bad leaving them off because yeah. 
they're all wingers. They're all yeah. wingers or tens. So that's the thing. So mm. it's like, where do you put? Where do you put them? I know Pulisic has played through the middle some occasionally, but I almost feel like. I think you put Geo in the middle. I think you go Geo, Aaron sitting on the right, Pulisic on the left, and then probably Ferreira up top. Although I'm more of a I'm a Pepe guy. I, I would rather have had Pepe there. Has he been? He had an awful time with Augsburg. I know that for sure because I remember watching him and wanting him to do well. And every time I would go look at their results, it was like subbed off sixty minutes, yep. no nothing on the score sheet, and I was like, ah. I know, and then he got loaned to uh, Groninger in mm-hmm. in the Netherlands in Eredivisie, and and went on a bit of a tear. And I, I think he was so important in qualifying that it was hard to ignore that. But obviously, Greg didn't think so. He brought uh, Jesus. He loves he loves Jesus Ferreira, which he's a very good player and solid on the national team. I'm not that sad about it. I think think his link up play is good as mm-hmm. a, a number nine up there, especially when you have Pulisic and either Weah or Aronson running on the wings. So. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen enough of Haji Wright to know anything yeah. about him, really. Everybody. I don't spend my free time watching the Turkish League, to be honest. Yes, yeah. I can't even say his team's name. Antilla Yispor? Something like that. Uh, let's see. Antalya Spor. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Weah has always been good for the national team, though. Every time I've watched him, I've been impressed. Sergeant, Sergeant when he was in the Bundesliga... I was left not very impressed with, but apparently he's been playing well also. Um, yeah, in the ch- in the second division of the championship. Yeah, but yeah, with- every time Sergeant, every time I watch him, you know, I watch all his goals and the highlights in Norwich from this year. He's obviously like having a great run of form, but I've never been that impressed with his play and on the U.S. men's national team, and, yeah. and definitely at Werder Bremen when I caught a game. The thing with strikers, especially going into tournaments like this, is you want to take the ones that are hot, which is weird that he didn't take Pepe if he's been if he's been playing well. Um, I don't actually. Let me Google what Haji Wright has been doing. Haji Wright I, has been on a tear as well. He's oh, has he had a, had a nice run of form in the Bundesliga. Oh, and what, Haji, what I was reading the earlier, league, no. the Turkish league. Haji Wright. Oh, sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. misspoke. Uh, yeah, Turkish league. But uh, he was choosing between. P-Folk and Haji Wright as kind of like his target men type of strikers off the bench, you know, late off a set mm-hmm. piece type of deal. Well, P-Folk, he started off really well, but he cooled off recently. So he cooled off a I'm, lot, right? Yeah, I'm not really mad about that, to be honest. Uh, you, like, Union Berlin is still set. They're still second in the league, but yeah. um, that's more defensively rather than him, him scoring a lot. I think he was, only has three or four goals this season, and they just all happen to be in, like, the first five games. Um. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. Then, to be honest, I think um. I don't know. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. I'd say like the thing with having a young team like that is if they all play to like fullest potential, we can definitely get two wins out of that group for sure. Um, what's weird in the World Cup too is like a win and a tie might do it. You know, you're only playing three matches. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I, I I don't know. I was very optimistic after the summer, the Gold Cup final run, the Concacaf Nations League win, and then qualifying. You know, it was kind of crazy. Like especially losing two zero at Costa Rica in the last game, and then looking very uninspiring in the friendlies leading up to the World Cup is 
I'd like to be optimistic, but I feel like our team's soft. Like it's not like the 2010-2014 USMNT teams. Like I, I don't know, we just seem too young, well, too that's, entitled. That's what happens quick. when you bring kids. Yeah, to be honest. Youngest so I don't know, like in the, in the World Cup. Yeah, so I'm looking at the um the Wales squad, and like if you go man for man, just down. Like goalkeepers, you could say Hennessy or Danny Ward are better, but they're both like 57 years old. <laughs> like Ben Davies is probably the best defender on both I'm teams. A, I'm a Tottenham a fan, so I, yeah. he's got his uh, he's got his pluses and minuses for sure. Yeah, like Ampadu is decent. Uh, Nico Williams is decent, but like these are not players that are better than like. There's a reason why Sergio Dest was at Barcelona and Milan and Nico Williams is at Nottingham Forest. Like he's better. And then like even in midfield, like the only one that really like I take Adams over like Harry Wilson is a is a ten, so like he's not really a defensive midfielder, but you take Adams and McKenney over pretty much everybody on that squad. Yeah, Adams I mean I I know the Leeds fans just absolutely adore him. What, what yeah. do you think of his national team performances? Like, I, I've always known he's solid, but I wouldn't have pointed to him as, like, you know, he, one of our better players. He but plays, I think he probably is. He plays better for club than country because he's one of those players that – there are players that can raise their game when the level goes up, but they're not going to take over a game in the way that like his game is predicated on winning the ball back and giving it to the attackers. So if the attackers aren't as good, then he doesn't look as good, but he still does his job as well as anyone. So yeah, he's I would a lock starter for sure. Yeah. I love, I love him as a player. Like he's one of those that you could put him into like top, top champions league games and he'll play well because he doesn't do too much. He wins the ball back and gives it to his teammates. Like when he was playing with Leipzig, he looked like a stud because when he when he wins the ball back, he was giving it to Sabitzer and Nkunku. And when he goes to the national team and McKenney's injured and Moose is not playing, then he's giving it to like Ariola and Roldan. It's like those are not yeah. the same. Yeah, Roldan was a uh, surprise inclusion. Jordan Morris too, a bit of a surprise inclusion. But we keep, keep That's talking about one. That's a pace one. You gotta you gotta put Morris in just because, like off the bench, just like. You'd have it was the same reason why they took Yedlin in fourteen and Klopp, and uh, not Klopp Klinsman just would put him on the wing and just they would hoof diagonal balls over there just because he's so fast. Jordan yeah. Morris is the same. I didn't even um, know he was that fast. Like I, I've liked Jordan Morris prior to this qualifying window, like uh, you know into the last twenty eighteen World Cup mm-hmm. qualifying. I really loved Jordan Morris, but I thought his uh, the ship had sailed a little bit for him for national team. But yeah, he's still got the pace though, the straight line pace. It's just the the he was he was doing well enough to then go potentially go to Europe and then he tore his ACL and then like he's back and he's fine but the ship to like the next level has sailed but he's still in my opinion yeah. anyways I think he's still he, he's still serviceable as a super sub yeah. I don't he I don't think he sh- he shouldn't be starting but super sub for the start. pace really and doubt. he's and he's strong and he's strong as well you put him up top through the middle and just play some through balls against some tired center backs like he's a handful for sure. Huh. Um, then the forwards for Wales, Bale, obviously. Yep. Dan James. And then quick. Yeah. We're favored to win that game. No end. Well, we should be. 
Um, and then Kiefer Moore is a handful. That's just because he's big. So, like, we should be able... against Tottenham. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they threw that one away. They did. That's great. <laughs> I don't know. I, watch. I think, um, like, this This is the game that we should win, but it wouldn't shock me at all if, like, we ended up with, like, a 1-1. And then... 1-1 and... won't kill them. If they win, they put themselves in great position because then you either need probably a tie or... You know, you would like a win against Iran, but I, I think Iran's actually, from what I've heard, a, a pretty solid squad. They are. Obviously, we're favored. Expects anything out of that game other than England uh, expecting three points out of us, but yeah. you never know. Well, if Southgate goes, like, anti-soccer, then... I don't know. We could end up with a tie against them for no reason. Be great. Imagine a win. Just be fantastic. At the pop up too. Imagine for a second, if you will, if the U.S. wins all three of those games, how cool that will be. The pop up would be going bonkers. Black you Friday. Go bonkers. Yeah, Everybody you on go Amazon bonkers. Prime getting their Black Friday deals, watching the USA win against England, drinking beer. What else yeah. could you want? Exactly. What else could yeah. you want? Yeah, there's beer. It's not just for not just for the children. There's there's beer and wine available and. uh yeah, it'll be a freaking good time. For sure. All right, so let's go quickly into, like, back into the event. You mentioned some of the stuff, but, like... Sure. Let's let's just say, for thought experiment, you get, like, a good chunk of people out there. You mentioned some of the things, but, like, how is it going to be set up for the day? People are going to walk in the door with their ticket, and then what happens? All right, that's a, that's a great question. That's a very great question because this is the annoying part about having it at SoFi in a, an athletic facility is you have to go through a waiver process. So it's a sign of oh, a SoFi electric waiver, uh, electronic waiver, you know, saying basically we won't sue you for playing on the field. And then because this is an event, there's actually a second paper waiver. So people are going to have to sign that, which sucks. Like I was fighting tooth and nail to just try to get it to one waiver. It is what it is. It's, it is a soccer facility. And once you get in there, like, it's a massive space. It's, it's beautiful. It's a fantastic place to watch a game. It's a fantastic place to play. So I think we're going to try to do it as quickly as possible. There's, like, a front desk area with So5, and then we'll be back a little bit where our waiver and then ticketing process, we're, we're going all square. So just, you know, you see squares everywhere. And hopefully we, we move that line pretty quick. So then once you get in, you go into this bar area that sits about, I think, comfortably about 160 people. There's seven TVs that they already have on site that have the games, have the sound. And then Monday through Wednesday, we'll have a 120-inch projector in the corner with some couch space. And then upstairs, we've got a 150-inch projector, which that area fits about, one, I'd say, 150 comfortably as well. There's some standing area, but we, we could fit a pretty good crowd in there. Um, and then, so, so I'm hoping, you know, I'm hoping with the partnerships and everything that we've got, that we're getting enough word out there. We've got some ideas the last two weeks with press releases and I'm inviting mommy bloggers out to come Monday through Wednesday, uh, just to get the word out. And, and, and really the struggle with Monday through Wednesday was, let me, let me roll back a little bit and, and talk about the field space for a second. Cause we have a five aside field every day so they have eight fields in the facility i've rented one for the pop-ups we got the field the bar area and the viewing deck up top so 
think of 300 people for like a cool ass watch party. Um, the field space, we're running pickup games, 9 to 11, and I've got these awesome guys, Abraham and Alberto. They're two Mexican-American brothers that run pickup every Monday and Thursday out in Glen Burnie. They get about 80 guys on a typical night um, where they're getting college players, high-level pl- high school players to play pickup. So I've basically said to them, like, 9 to 11 a.m., the space is yours and they're kind of running that all through their Instagram to, and it's really like, that's all of them. Like it's, it, I'm hoping nine to 11 is the tough time slot for, for pickup games, but they're pretty confident they could fill it up. Um, and then Monday through Wednesday, all the kids are still in school. So I was like, how can I get people into the space for, uh, while, while kids are in school? And I thought I've got a four and two year old. My wife is always looking for things to do she's off on Fridays and she's going to farms and all different sort of events. And I figured there's enough people and kids in the area where if I made Monday through Wednesday morning, very kid friendly, like maybe I could get people in for the morning game. So that's why we've got this, uh, you know, five and under clinic through a company that specializes in it, specializes in it called crab kickers. And then a craft table where, you know, just stickers and tattoos and coloring and like all things kids like to do. And then the halftime contest for those days will be, you know, very kid-centric, like a five-year-old kicking a ball from midfield and getting, like, a soccer whistle. And all the money – so it's five, five extra dollars for the halftime contest, but all that money is going to this pediatric uh, cancer – it's not it's not a pediatric cancer research, but it's it's more of, like, pediatric cancer support. So they raise money for families that have kids that are fighting pediatric cancer. So – that halftime show is five bucks every day, and that money's all going to pediatric cancer uh, off the charts. And so I'm hoping that will be, you know, uh, something that gives back to the community in some way. Um, and then I, I don't know. You want to ask a question from there? Because now, now I've talked myself into a uh, into a corner. No, you're over good. Here. Okay, so then you've got the halftime stuff, the contest, the pickup, the different clinics and stuff for for the kids, and then. How do things kind of go from there? So, like, what would uh, so you you've got like your weekdays one, the Monday through Wednesday. Yeah, and then, and then, then the Monday one as well. USA Wales at two p.m. I think we we're turning the lights down low and trying to make the game the main event. Howard County Schools, where Columbia, where So Five is that day, is closed. I've had a, a lot of youth coaches reach out and and are interested in bringing their teams out. So I'm hoping that's kind of like. The game itself is the atmosphere Monday afternoon. Um, all right. So then we got Mexico, Poland on Tuesday at 11 a.m., which I'm hoping, you know, with Abraham and Alberto and, and the Mexican, the large Mexican community in the area, like hopefully that will be a draw as well Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday is the day I'm a little nervous about. It's uh, Spain, Costa Rica, Canada, Belgium, which to me are cool games, but I don't mm-hmm. think, you know, it's not a huge draw for everybody. So we're doing it. I don't know if you've heard of uh, Bino boards. It's, mm. it's kind of like um, it's like foosball, but you kind of flick the ball, and you get like one turn per flick. It's pretty cool. Like, like yeah, once you once you see a video of it or, or play it, I, I think it'll be fun. So we're doing a tournament in the afternoon, um, and then Black Friday is kind of like the crown jewel because it's USA England. The whole day is centered around that. Um, but again, we're doing pickup in the morning, nine to eleven. Then you're running clinics for eight-year-olds plus uh, mm-hmm. on the field from 11 to 12. 
and then giving kids just a chance to run on the field for a bit and play while the parents can like chill. Um, and then doing the halftime contest again. But that day, hopefully there's a special guest. The nonprofit has some connections where there'll be a beat the keeper contest. It, it could be a, a local professional goalie. That's the, the keeper that you beat, but that's still a little bit up in the air yet. So I don't want to promise anything, but uh, that would be pretty exciting. Yeah. And then USA England at two. And we're doing some raffles that day, um, some jerseys and some World Cup pop-up stuff. And, yeah, so that, that should be pretty fun. Um, and the weekend, uh, and every day we're playing just the 11 a.m., 2 p.m. games. Mexico-Argentina is on that Saturday. So that that's should be a good another, one. Yeah, that's a really good one, a really fun one. But we're also doing a video game lounge all weekend. Um, so I got this company called Next Level Gaming coming in, and they're setting up five, five TVs, five systems in this little corner area and it'll have all the latest games. Um, whatever the children are playing these days besides FIFA, <laughs> uh, Fortnite and whatever I got. I don't know. They're, they're having all the latest games, but we're also running a, a FIFA tournament for Saturday and Sunday through that company. Um, yeah. And then we're doing spot kick. If you've seen it, it's a cornhole for soccer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That? Yeah. We're doing a spot kick tournament that afternoon. Uh, on the field, and then Sunday is kind of the same thing, Croatia, Canada, and then Spain, Germany at 2 p.m., but same deal, FIFA tournament. Mm -hmm. Um, We've also got D17 Athletics, who's a clothing company, coming out that day and setting up shop. Um, And then the final Tuesday, I'll be ready to uh, call it a day, is the final U.S. game, USA-Iran, and then uh, England-Wales plays at the same time. That's kind of a lighter day activity-wise, just because it may end up filling up, but if the rest of the days have shit attendance, I'm going to be like, okay, we can dial it back a little bit. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. For those listening who think they're good at FIFA, show up on the weekend. And... Yeah, it'll be uh 16 teams knockout tournament, first come, first serve. So we'll have a bracket Ooh, up on the nice. wall, and you'll have to write your name. And uh, no extra cost for that. Although the video game lounge in and of itself is $5. $10 tickets in advance and then $15 at the door just to get in the pop-up shop. Um, Very nice. Where can, um, where can the people find, where can the people find the website? How can they buy tickets in advance? Yep. It's a uh, world That's definitely the best place for information. Uh, Instagram too at world cup pop-up uh, running tickets in advance on Eventbrite. If you search up, search world cup pop-up Columbia, you'll see it on Eventbrite. Then uh, day of, we'll we'll just be running a square system. So might be a little bit easier day of. Uh, hoping $15 isn't too much of a price point to to uh, make people not want to come. But I figured kid-centric, it's a little bit different than a bar. Kids get to play on the field. Um, parents get to enjoy a beer while the kids play on the field. So, yeah, I, I think it'll be a good time. Uh, I'm looking forward to the event, looking forward to the World Cup itself. Yeah, for sure. Well, I look forward to being there. I appreciate your time. Guys, I'll put the link in the description. Go get tickets. Go to this event. It's going to be good. And then if it goes well, we can have a super big one 2026 when it's here. And that'll be more fun. So let's go. Yeah. Show up. Show hopefully, up. Hopefully I'm going to real games in 2026, at least a couple of those. Yeah, well, we can, I don't know, maybe organize a pop-up outside one of the stadiums or something. Do something That's like sick. that. Like, that would be sick. So... To make that happen, guys, show up. And then yeah. if you're good at FIFA or you think you're good at FIFA, show up on the weekends. Obviously, Black Friday coming out. 
fingers crossed we'll get a result against England. Yeah, but yeah, man. Imagine watching yeah. with three hundred people too. It'd be yeah. Just don't throw beer everywhere because I don't think SoFi is going to like that very much. No, probably not. Although I mean, <laughs> you people are signing waivers, so I don't know. maybe maybe it, maybe true. it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, think, I appreciate Eric, your time. Um, yeah. Any last nickels? No, that's uh, that's all I got. If you come out to the pop up, say hi to me. I'm uh, I'll be at the registration table with a captain armband on with the rest of the folk that have captain's armbands on. But uh, yeah, if you love soccer. This is the place to be. Fair enough. All right, guys. Make sure you're there. We'll see you guys next time. Peace.